This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. Welcome to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Been a while, as always, but that's apparently how I roll. Today, we're going to talk about fundamentals of marksmanship. Ah, so exciting. So if you're a student of mine or taking classes with me, you've heard me sound like a broken record talking about fundamentals. And, you know, the longer I shoot, and I've, been, I've even been saying this for a long time now, but, you know, it just really becomes apparent to me that that's what it comes down to, at least with my style of shooting. That's the answer to almost all of your questions. That's how you control your match. That's how you control your accuracy. That's how you control your speed. And I've often joked that when you ask an average shooter what they are interested in learning in a class, the answers are normally, I want to learn how to shoot swingers, and I want to learn how to shoot on the move. Well, the smart-ass answer to that is you just aim at the target. Now, Now, yeah, you might aim a little bit differently, but again, it all comes back to the fundamentals. So a couple of interesting things I've run across uh, this year. I'm a fan of golf, although I never play, but I appreciate the game and uh, like watching it. I was watching the uh, Open Championship at Pebble Beach and kind of got me thinking about, you know, which I've talked about before, but how similar golf is to, to our sport and, and that you're, you know, you're really playing the course. Uh, you're trying to strategize and manage your style of game against the course as best you can. Not really so much playing your opponents, although, you know, if you're seven up going in the last hole, yeah, you're going to play a little differently. But uh, again, very similar to shooting. Uh, we're really, we're shooting against the course of fire, doing the best we can. Not really, I mean, nothing we really do is going to affect our competitor, uh, especially if you're not squatted with them. You know, now super squad type stuff, the nationals, yeah, there may be some effect on a couple of different fronts. You know, if you see you see a guy pull something off that you were wavering on trying or not, and uh, you see somebody else do it, you're like, well, hell, if he can do it, I can do it. And, you know, so that may, that may adjust the way you shoot. And then the same thing if with the advent of the scoring now and the, the speed at which we can get results. You know, if you know you're up or down, come into the last day of the last stage, the last couple of stages, you know, it may affect uh, the way that you shoot. But for the most part, you know, you're just playing, playing the course, you're playing the stage. Uh, and then, as you probably know, I'm a big CrossFit fan. I may have told this story on the podcast before, but I was just telling it to a class last week. Uh, CrossFit is big into the uh, Olympic weightlifting, and I went to a, a seminar or certification thing, whatever, a number of years ago on, on Olympic weightlifting, uh, really just for my knowledge because I wanted to get better at it and interesting to learn new things, better techniques from, from the pros. And the guy teaching was a uh, former uh, USA Olympics uh, coach, weightlifting coach. It's a two-day class. And if you're not familiar with Olympic weightlifting, there are only two lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch. Uh, the clean and you've seen them, sure, on the internet or on TV or whatever, but the clean and jerk is 
you, you, they jerk the bar up to their chest, and then that's the clean portion, and the jerk, they throw it overhead where the snatch is one fluid motion from the ground to overhead. That's the only two lifts in Olympic weightlifting. And so the guy at the beginning of the class said, I did his introductions, and, and then he, he said, as a, as a part of this class, we always have uh, critiques at the end where people can fill out a form or write in or email or in or, or whatever. And he said, a lot of the critiques that we receive is, this, that, is that this class is pretty repetitive. And this was morning of day one for a two-day class. And he said, well, guess what? There's only two lifts in Olympic weightlifting, the clean and jerk and the snatch. So I'm not sure what you think we're going to be doing for the next two days, but it's going to be the clean and jerk and the snatch. And that really just rung home with me uh, because my classes, our classes are, are the same. You know, it's fundamentals, marksmanship. It's a lot of trigger control, a lot, a lot, a lot of trigger control. And to learn how to pull the trigger correctly, well, guess what? You got to go out and pull the trigger. And, you know, that's, that's why it takes repetitions. And then more recently, um, one of my hobbies is motorcycle riding, and I went to a, a course I've actually done a couple of times, but uh, it's called Ride Like a Pro, and it's put on by a former motor cop, motorcycle cop, whatever they call themselves. Uh, and it's all slow speed stuff, parking lot speeds. Uh, that's where most people have difficulty controlling the bike, especially the bigger cruiser style bikes. And, you know, most, most common place to, to drop your bike, not the most dangerous place to wreck, obviously, but uh, very, very common not to be able to, to do tight U-turns and uh, maneuver around a parking lot and that type of thing. So a lot of cone weaving and um, figure eights and, you know, slow speed maneuvering. And his whole, whole class is based around three techniques. Uh, head and eyes, meaning you look where you want the bike to go, not immediately in front of you. So if you want to do a U-turn, you're pretty much looking behind you, even though your bike is making a, you know, a loop as tight as, it, as tight as it can, but still a loop. Uh, the friction zone, which is controlling your, your throttle and clutch, keeping a little bit of throttle on at all times and slipping that clutch in and out to, to gain power to avoid that, that lunge as if you were to, to pop the clutch, for example. And then the rear brake. So we trail, we trail, the, real the, trail the rear brake a little bit again, to control that smooth application of power that you're not getting those, those lunges. So three techniques, head and eyes, friction zone, rear brake. And it's only a half-day class, but still, again, it just rung, rung back to me that, man, it's just the simple things. It's just doing the little things right that make this successful, whether it's a clean and jerk, whether it's doing a U-turn on a motorcycle, or whether it's engaged in a 25-yard plate. Uh, so, you know, regardless of what they're teaching, it came back to me, uh, to really even further reinforce those fundamentals. So I'm going to do a couple of match recaps. I shot the uh, Magnus Cup in Utah. That was in the spring, April, I think, or May or something. April, whatever. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, Edwin Lynn put it on. JJ was involved. Uh, a couple of big dogs there. I went out for a couple of reasons, but um, it was held at the Southern Utah Sportsman's, which is going to be where the Open Nationals uh, open limited nationals or high cap nationals or whatever the heck they're calling it uh, is held and it was a big match as first they're kind of bringing this match I guess into the country maybe or franchising it off of uh, another international match or something but anyway uh, it was a big match 17 stages I think over three days and pretty good mix I mean, it was a USPSA match but uh, they had a pretty good mix of 
stage designs and, and sizes of stages. So it wasn't really Ipsic in terms of like the three, two, one and a lot of, a lot of short stages, but it also wasn't uh, USPSA 32 round host fest for every stage. So it was, it was a nice mix. I like, I like the shorter stuff. I like the smaller stages. I like the accuracy intensive stuff. Uh, and it wasn't super accuracy intensive. I didn't consider any of the shots there really that difficult, but um, all in all, uh, good, good stages, good layout, good match, good flow, uh, pretty big match. I think there were over 400, and it was three days of shooting. Uh, so I shot the first day, solid, not great. A couple, couple of bobbles here and there. I mean, no, no penalties. It was average. Uh, oh, and, and JJ had shot the pre-match, or the staff match, or whatever they called it. So. Uh, his scores were done, and you know they were in. So I knew I knew what I was up against, and he was clean for the match. So that's telling me that you know he shot pretty well. You know you know he's going to be fast, and uh, if he ended up clean, then you know I certainly had my work cut out for me. Uh, so second, first day was good. Second day, pretty much more of the same, solid, not setting the world on fire. A couple extra shots on steel, you know, nothing amazing, but. I figured I was probably still going to be hanging around. So then third day we go in, and the other guys that were there, um, I was I had pretty much had them all covered, except for Cody Baker. Uh, he and I were tight, and he was still shooting that last schedule, which was afternoon of the last day, uh, same schedule that I was. And then JJ. So now JJ is 50 or 55 points out, something like that. And we had seven stages to go that day. And remember, JJ's done. So I'm thinking, and, and me and Cody are tight. Like, I think I was up a little. I had more points available that day, if I remember correctly. Um, so I felt like we were going we to be close, but I probably, I probably was out in front on him as well. Uh, but, but JJ, you know, 50, 55 points in seven stages is, is not realistic. You know, you're probably not going to come back from that. But interesting point to me is I was kind of thinking, like, what the hell, man? You know, they're not giving away a Cadillac here. Uh, nobody cares if I'm first or third or eighth or whatever. And so I did something I'd never really done before, and I said, you know, fuck it. Let's go for it. Uh, let's hang it out there and just see what happens. Like, I don't think I realistically thought – I was going to catch him, but I was interested in the learning process of seeing what would happen if I tried, how that was going to go. And it was certainly mathematically possible. I mean, if I won every stage uh, that day, you know, I, I, would have, I would have been in front of him, but again, it's not likely to happen. But I thought, what the hell, you know, let's, uh, let's swing for the fences and just see what happens. Well, how do you swing for the fences? And... You know, that's where, again, it comes back to the fundamentals. So I hear this a lot. Somebody will say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push on this stage, or I'm going to shoot fast on this stage. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, well, how are you going to do that? You're just going to go out there and shoot fast? You know, you've got to have a plan, a strategy, on how you're going to attack a given stage. And so I, I, again, everything coming back to the fundamentals, you know, I have certain fundamentals for sight picture and trigger control different ways I use a sight picture, different ways I manipulate the trigger. 
it's way too intricate to go into on a podcast. And again, that's also one of the main reasons I teach, you know, come, if you're interested, come and learn from me. But everybody understands on a four yard wide open USPSA target versus a 25 yard, eight inch plate. Uh, everybody understands that you aim differently. You manipulate the trigger differently. Yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to in, in, in terms of throttling, uh, throttling your fundamentals. But doing that on purpose, doing that tactfully with a plan, that's how you push. That's how you swing for the fences. That's how you hang it out. Knowing that, say, a uh, 12-yard zebra target, for example, like knowing you should aim pretty good at that. You should, you should make a pretty good trigger press. But making the decision to give it a little bit more target focus, get a little bit more aggressive on the trigger, in order to make up time, you know, that's what I'm talking about, about making a tactful decision. Shooting a target that you probably otherwise wouldn't with this particular fundamental, but you're doing it in the interest of speed because that's, I mean, face it, that's the only way you're going to shoot faster. And when people say, I'm going to shoot faster, what does that mean? Well, it means they're, they're accepting less of a sight picture or they're pulling the trigger more aggressively than, it, than, it, than at their skill set it takes them to hit that target. They're doing something differently. You know, they're, they're being more aggressive, pulling the trigger harder or faster or accepting less of a sight picture. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do it all the time. Uh, I would suggest that you do it on purpose. You know, I have a plan. This is, this is, this is why I'm doing this stage this way because I need to make up the time. And sometimes it's going to work. A lot of times it's not, but that's fine. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least you know... You know, I, that was my strategy. That was my plan. I rolled the dice. It didn't pay off. I, you know, I got a miss or I got a delta or whatever. You know, no big deal. I'll, I'll get them next time. You know, it's, it's when you go out there and aim, you know, with a proper fundamental for the proper target and you have a miss or, or a bad hit, delta or something, that, that's the problem. Uh, you know, if you're pushing it being more aggressive and you have a bobble, then no harm, no foul. Uh, so I came out first stage, smoked it. You know, I didn't didn't win the stage, but shot it about as good as I could. It was a little quick, three position medium stage. Uh, so I was, you know, first stage of the day. I was I was happy because I came out crazy aggressive and pulled it off. Yeah, it wasn't good enough to win a stage. Now I'm down to six stages left, and I got to make up 55 points. But again, I never really thought that was going to happen anyway. Um, but the good learning experience for me was. I can come out here, you know, go for it, and and pull it off pretty good to, for for my ability anyway. Uh, next stage was the same, uh, solid. I think I did win that one. Uh, so we go to the next stage was a big one, a big field course, and you know a lot of points. That's where I had to really do well, and I I dropped a magazine on the reload. I, I didn't drop it, but I inserted the magazine. I didn't seat it present the gun back out and like in my periphery, I'm seeing the mag fall free from the mag well at the same time I'm pulling the trigger on a 20 yard parcel target. And you know, the gun goes off, mag falls, reload, rack, pick it up and, and finish. But, uh, you know, so at that point I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. You know, you're not gonna, definitely not gonna get it now. Really needed to, to win that stage or do super well on it in order to have a have a semblance of a chance of being in the hunt. So no big deal. Decided to stay aggressive, finish out the day that way, uh, see how it goes. 
next stage, uh, more problems. Of, I know everybody says their guns are super reliable, but I assure you my guns are super reliable. Uh, but I had a weird, I thought it was a double feed. It ended up not being a double feed, but <clears throat> upon the first rack, I could see two rounds in the, in the chamber area, which wasn't good. So I went to eject the mag and do a reload. And right when I ejected the mag, I was about to eject the mag. I see the slide slam home on a, on a good round. I'm like, shit, I could have, I could have run with it, but mag was already falling free at that point. So jammed a reload and finished out pretty good, but the standing reload again on another big fast fuel course. So that, that one really killed me. So no big deal. Not going to be JJ. Not the first time I'm not going to be JJ, not the last. Uh, so now this was at, uh, uh, the Utah range, which is home of Ken Nelson and practice score. Uh, the range is, if you haven't shot there, it's you know, super hooked up, Wi-Fi everywhere. They've got a uh, super trick system that you get emailed scores instantly, right? Right when you hit the approve button, boom, email goes off, so they're backed up. You don't have to do the paper backup BS. Uh, so it's emailed to you, which is one sense of backup. It's also emailed, I'm sure, to their server or servers uh, and backed up there as well. But because of that, it also immediately goes up to the competitor app. So even though Cody and I weren't on the same uh, squad, I could watch his scores and, you know, I knew how many stages he had left, how many points that was, same for me. And I was like 12 points up or something, 10 points up, something like that. So only a couple of stages ago, you know, I felt pretty good. I was going to finish second to JJ. Well, then I hear they throw a stage, they threw a stage out for Long story, maybe I'll get into another podcast. But anyway, they threw a stage out. Well, damn it, if it wasn't a stage that I had, uh, I had 10 or 12 points on him, or maybe even 15. And now all of a sudden, I get that sinking feeling like, damn it, there goes my lead plus some. So now I'm not only not ahead of him, I'm actually behind. And now I'm fighting for second with not a lot to go at this point. I think there was only, I had one bay left, one bay left with two little stages in it. And uh, he had some medium, some medium left as well. And uh, so it just so happens that I'm last on our squad to shoot that stage. It's pretty late. It's going to be the end of the day. And uh, so, again, another thing that's never happened before, not having not been in that position where you have that instantaneous uh, scoring access. Uh, so I'm just, I was just sitting there. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Waiting to, waiting to see his performance on the last stage that he that he had to shoot because I know he's got to be coming up soon. You know, even though we're on opposite ends of the range, and not coming, not seeing nothing, not seeing nothing, not seeing nothing. So then finally, I'm on deck. I tried it one last time, and boom, his scores posted, and he had a pretty solid run on the last stage. Uh, so now I'm going into two little short stages. One of them prone. One of them strong and weekend, so not really the places you want to push, but that's all I had left. Uh, you know, the strong and weekend, it's tough to get too aggressive there. So I, I decided I was going to get aggressive on the, on the other little stage, which was a quick movement forward, hard lean for a couple, and then back up, drop down to a prone position and finish up on a couple of targets and a steal. So I was like, well... 
we've been rolling the dice all day. Let's go for it. So I charged in and too hot and fell out of the position. So it was a hard lean, two targets. I should have just freaking pulled the trigger and rolled with it. But got two rounds on the first target as I'm falling, one round on the second target, and I had to hold off, step out, jump back in, fire the last round, go back and finish up pretty good. But that cost me. So not only did I, the time, but during the fall, I had a, shot because of that because i was falling out i ended up shooting a delta so you know plus plus one second on the time and not great points uh then i go it was a hot to hot so i go straight and shoot the strong end weekend and shot well actually end up winning that stage uh but cody so cody ended up beating me by i don't know nothing two two or three points or half a point or something i forget but it was close uh so all in all you know the 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 vast price pool for second and third was the same, but it was a really cool learning experience and a cool overall experience for me uh, to be in that position. Number one, to have the push for the for the last day, but then number two, have the having that instant score access. And again, back there, that is affecting the way that I'm playing that stage based on a competitor. You know, after I just said that never happens, but. You know, sometimes it does. And with the technology, it's going to keep getting better and better. You know, maybe it'll, it'll affect you as well. It's a unique scenario. You know, last day, you know, you know the player based on what, what class you are. You may not know who your competition is all the time, but, you know, I pretty much do. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. And then another match I shot, uh, SNS 400 in Louisville, actually in uh, Sellersburg, Indiana. I fly into Louisville, Kentucky. And no super great reason why I went to shoot that match. I've shot it one time before and it was a pretty fun match. Uh, it's super easy to get to from here. to direct flight into Louisville from Orlando. Uh, range is close to the airport. So took the family, made a long weekend out of it and did some touristy things and some bourbon tastings and hit the zoo and some crap up there. But uh, the match is a one day, one day deal. Not a lot of heat, but a couple, couple of decent guys there. And the SNS 400, because 400 rounds in I think 12 stages or 13 stages. And so pre pretty big. So really the opposite of like we have the Ipsic Nationals coming up here in a week or two. Uh, totally the opposite of that. But big stages, not a lot of tough shots, you know, everything pretty close, fast and furious, high round counts. Uh, not really my style. And the, the two guys that were shooting there that were decent, you know, it really was more their style. So they're younger, faster, wilder. And I thought, and eh, this kind of plays into, plays into their hands. Now we're not not shooting with them. Don't have that uh, access to scores. In fact, I was shooting on Saturday. One one of the guys wasn't even shooting on that day at all. He was shooting after me. You know, so totally different uh, scenario. And again, I kind of made the decision like this match doesn't lay itself out great for me. Uh, I know the competition is pretty strong on these types of stages, so. If I'm going to be competitive here, you know, I got to push, I got to go for it, I got to hang it out. Well, how do you do that? 
you throttle your fundamentals. So back to, you know, being super aggressive, which means using uh, a lesser fundamental, accepting less is probably a better way to say it. You know, accepting less of a sight picture, uh, don't not, not, not getting too wrapped up about makeup shots, you know, really trying to go one for one on the steel because that's what sucks your time up without you realizing it is those extra shots on steel. And, you know, push it, get on it, get crazy. And I got there on Friday. I shot Saturday. I got there on Friday just for a, a little bit and kind of did a quick walk. Uh, they were expecting some rain on Saturday, and the range was pretty a little, not pretty sloppy. It was a little sloppy anyway. And uh, so, again, stages looked, I didn't look at them ahead of time, but just looking at them on Friday, you know, they looked big and fast and furious. So we show up Saturday morning, first stage. They had one standard stage that I didn't see or neglected to look at the day before, and that's where we started. And it was actually a double stage, one with a plate rack and swinger thing. It was no big deal. And then they had one with 20-yard uh, zebras and a headshot, and it was a pretty big stage. It was a 16-round stage, uh, Virginia count. So I'm thinking, great, man, this is this is me. I've got to aim on this one, so I'm all about that. And damn it, I didn't have two misses right off the gate, the first, first stage of the match. Uh, both on the zebras, I really hate zebras, and normally I shoot three rounds at them just because. But uh, Virginia count, obviously, you can't do that. And you know, two misses, one right, one left. Uh, I actually called for an overlay on both, didn't get either, but uh, they were close. I really think one was a hit for sure, but anyway, they were close enough, you know, that I'm calling for an overlay to, to tell you how close it is. So, number one, you can't really take a makeup anyway at that distance. Uh, but number two, you're not going to call that. You know, we're talking a 16th, 32nd of an inch off, uh, 20 yards. And so frustrating, but I figured it had a pretty tough stage. You know, there's going to be a lot of people with penalties on there, so I wasn't too overly stressed about it. And uh, then the rest of the match went good. Uh, I was smoking it, really putting the hammer down, trying to be aggressive, uh, putting up some good times. Not amazing points, but okay. I uh, ended up having uh, picked up. I picked up a no shoot on one stage. They had a really good, good target placement. And uh, you know, there's a lot of art that goes into that that uh, most people don't realize. You know, I've been building the stages for the Ipsic Nationals this week, and. You know, we're not hanging targets till the day before the match, but you know, it's already in my head, like, where are we going to put the speed traps, where are we going to put the no-shoots, and, and that type of stuff, because that's really the, the art of, of designing the stage. And they had a good one here, so it was a super fast and furious stage, and you're on the move and um, being aggressive, and there's a target with not a, not a super tight no-shoot. Like, it was only maybe half of a USPSA target, you know, the bottom half maybe had a no-shoot on it at eh, 12 yards, maybe 13, something like that. Uh, so plenty of, plenty of target to stay aggressive, but that was just enough to suck you in. Like, eh, I don't have to slow down here. I don't have to stop. I'm just going to keep on rolling on the move and, and take this target. And uh, it got me. So I, I jerked the trigger a little bit, pushed it down to the no-shoot, uh, but was able to, to make it up and still finish the stage pretty good. Uh, and then I had one more miss on the on the last stage we shot, or next to the last stage we shot. Uh, in super aggressive stage, 
super high hit factor. I think it was a 12. Well, I had a 12 with a miss. So it would have been a 13 factor stage. So pretty, pretty big, pretty fast. And, uh, you know, still ended up with a stage win. But it was, just, it was a wide open USPSA target, but it was a tricky sequence where I was trying to do a steal, uh, three statics, one with a, with a partial hard cover, and then pick up a swinger. And I just pulled off the last target. Actually, the first target I engaged after that, after the steal, was a partial, partial hard cover, and I took an extra shot on it. I didn't mean to. I, I thought I, first, I thought I dipped the first one a little low. Uh, so I took an extra. Well, then your internal clocks click, and you're like, "Shit!" Now I'm going to be behind on the swinger because this extra shot. And I was, but I was behind the swinger. Um, tried to make it up on the make up that time on the open targets, and ended up pulling off pulling off the last one for a miss. But Again, with a time like that, you know, super fast time on the stage, a miss is not going to hurt you that bad. And like I said, still end up with a stage win. So won the match by, by a fair amount. Uh, so everything worked out. It was just interesting, again, that's going back to fundamentals and my thought process in approaching the match, you know, based on the stages, based on what I figured the hit factors were going to be. Uh, big, fast stuff had to be aggressive. So I'm using, again, different fundamentals than maybe, than maybe I otherwise would have uh, had it been a more normal match. So that's about all I got to say about that. I just thought it was interesting how it all comes back to the basic stuff with me, and you know, that's what makes you successful. Sure, we work on movement, we work on stage breakdown, that, all that stuff's important, but I don't think it's nearly as important as really grasping the fundamentals of marksmanship. Uh, when, when to use what? for wide target. So that gives you something to think about. The rest of the country should be in full swing now. We're 97 degrees down here, but it's only 98% humidity, so that's good. And getting ready for the Ipsic Nationals. Hope I'll see you guys down here for that. And I'm sure I'll have some thoughts on the podcast after. See you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along.